Well, it's a Sunday afternoon. It means it's time for us to get chatting. Very warm welcome to Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tadeo Sharipashad, bringing you some cutting-edge kind of affairs today as we unpack another very important issue. This week specifically, I think it's an issue that uh, has been so close to your heart and it's been something you've been talking about for so long. And um, it actually gives me a great, great sense of joy now to be presenting this topic through to you because I think it is something that that resonates with you. It's something that you've raised and to see that there's some sort of light, some sort of indication um, with regard to this, it's a major success story then. So I think a big pat on your back because it's something that you've been pushing forward. It's something that you've been, um, you know, raising at many forums. And it's so wonderful to know that it's, you know, got there's some sort of light flickering now in that tunnel. What am I talking about? Well, um, there is some sort of confirmation or some sort of indication about the fact that 1860 heritage um, the heritage and the history of the 1860 indentured people, the Indians who came to South Africa in 1860, is possibly going to be taught at schools. A submission was made, um, I think spearheaded quite strongly there by the 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation. They've approached the Department of Basic Education to find out what is the possibility of incorporating this into school syllabus to teach this history as a compulsory part of the history curriculum. In that pitch, uh, I think it reached the top order there of basic education. Minister Andrew Mochecha um, has appointed a ministerial team that will review the history curriculum in grade uh, 4 to 12. And the task team has been provided with, um, you know, a great deal of terms of reference. And they are um, looking at the submission made by the 1860 Laborers Foundation with regard to the inclusion of history of indentured Indian laborers to be taught um, in school. So I think that's a major, majorly significant, um, you know, feat for you there, isn't it? Because it's something that you've often been talking about. It's wonderful for um, South Africans of Indian origin to reflect on the history of the Indian uh, origin people, or the indentured uh, people. And it's good to tell it to your family, to tell it to your friends, to talk about it on radio. But when the broader South Africa doesn't understand this heritage, this history, where how Indians got here, what they went through, what they did, um, you almost get a sense as if there's some sort of, you know, blinkers on in terms of understanding the full history of the Indian origin people in South Africa. So I think a big, big achievement there for you. It's not confirmed yet, though. It's still going to go through its review process, presentation process, and we're going to try and unpack all of that. But before I get into that aspect of our conversation, it ties in very neatly with a a very important point that President Cyril Ramaphosa um, made during the State of the Nation address this week. And what he said was that government aims to ensure that within the next decade, every 10-year-old will be able to read for meaning. Let's listen to his excerpt of that speech. They have told us very clearly what they want and what they also need. They want to be employed, yes, but they also want to become employers. They are brimming with ideas and they are at the forefront of innovation and they want to do things for themselves. They have, we have to support the fire of entrepreneurship that resides in them because the fortunes of this country depend on the energies and the creative talent of young people. If we are to ensure that within the next decade, every 10-year-old will be able to read for meaning, we will need to mobilize the entire nation 
behind a massive reading campaign. Every reading, early reading rather, is the basic foundation that determines a child's educational progress through school, through higher education, and into the workplace. All foundation and intermediate phase teachers are to be trained to teach reading in English and other African languages, and we are training and deploying a cohort of experienced coaches to provide high-quality on-site support to our teachers. This forms part of the broader effort to strengthen the basic education system by empowering school leadership teams, improving the capabilities of teachers and ensuring a more consistent measurement of progress for grades three, six, and nine. We also have to prepare our young people for the jobs of the future. That is why we are introducing subjects like coding and data analytics at a primary level school. The South Africa we want is a country where all people are safe and feel safe. So there you go. That was the conversation there. Uh, the conversation starter, one could go as far as calling it that, President Silda Maposa talking about this ambitious plan for every 10-year-old to be able to read for meaning in the next decade. And the, um, I think the, the government will need to mobilize the entire nation behind a massive reading campaign, uh, largely done through the National Reading Coalition. It ties in basically with what we're talking about here today. We are going to be speaking to our literacy expert around um, 1.30 today. We'll speak to Mr. Ahmed Matala, who's going to be talking to us about um, you know, the significance of reading, of literacy, and also his thoughts on our topic at hand. But I think it gives me great, great pride now to welcome onto studio and onto our program today is Mr. Anand Jairaj, and he's from the 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation. Uh, of course, from from, from Verulam, that that aspect of the Verulam branch there. And Mr. Deiraj, no stranger to Newsbreak Talk. Good to have you on. Thank you, Taresh, and it's a pleasure to be in your company and the company of the uh, Lotus FM listeners. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we've often had conversations with you about it, you know, the significance mm-hmm. and the history. And I think we spoke about it, I think it was during November last year when you came to studio, and we spoke about the push and the need now to take it out of this studio, to take it out of halls and auditoriums where, where celebrations take place and get it out there to the rest of South Africa. And I see you've got quite a successful document before you. Um, you know, let's let's talk about that before we touch on the history department has responded to you yes responded but it is a a response to uh, as an aftermath of our conference that you all interviewed us last year remember with Satish Dupili over here on the studio we had a very successful conference here and we of course to I don't know if the the listeners remembered but there were you know six you know foremost academicians of this country uh, delivering a conference papers on six important Mm. aspects relating to indenture it didn't cover everything but six important aspects now, at that conference, we took a resolution that it was unanimous that we must try to get the uh, uh, authorities, the government, to, of course, there is a move to introduce, reintroduce history, to make sure that in uh, revising the curriculum of history, that the history of indenture 
is an integral part of that. Yes. And that was the resolution we took. And pursuant to that, in implementation of the resolution, we prepared a motivation and we sent it to the department. Mm. To what say went that, into that motivation? Because I think it had a great impact on the department. It, yes, it, 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 it is quite a lengthy paper, but we gave them, a, 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 we made an application, a formal application, and one, uh, let me read it out. Mm. Apart, there's a lot, I don't want to read too much, it can yep. become a bit boring and uh, too, but I said, pursuant to the resolution, we talk about the resolution taken at the conference. The 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation hereby makes a request to the Department of Education, yes. as well as all institutions of education and or learning, to take all necessary steps in order to include the history of indenture in the College of Natal as an integral part of its overall history syllabus at primary, secondary, and tertiary level. Yeah. That's our request to them. Yeah. And yeah. we motivated it. You gave them background about our organization, yes. and we gave them a brief history of mm. indenture itself. Mm. Mm. And the question can arise now, because we are in the threshold of it. Remember, it's, they gave us a reply, and I just like yeah, to... Yeah, let's talk about that reply. What are they saying to you now, post that submission? Right. What had happened is they indicated to us in this letter again, it's a, quite a lengthy letter, but mm. they say that we are pleased to inform you that the Minister of Basic Education, Mrs. A.M. Motshega, the MP, has appointed a ministerial task team mm. that will review their history curriculum yeah. in grade 4 to grade 12. Now, mm. we're talking about history curriculum, overall history mm. curriculum. The task team has been provided with terms of reference on curriculum development. Once the task team has completed its review and revised the history curriculum, it will be published with the aim of obtaining comments from the public. Yeah. Right. And he says, our sub your submission, referring to our submission, yes. regarding the inclusion of history of indenture in the history curriculum will be presented to the ministerial task team mm. on history. And that is when we, as a community and our organizations, will have to get jump on the bandwagon and yeah. make sure we lobby for the inclusion. Absolutely. And we've got to justify why it should right. be there. You want to, if people ask, they must say, why should it be? So yeah. I also need to pass a message to the community why it should also Absolutely. be included. Before we come to that, and I think this is a question best, uh, I think the department is best uh, placed to uh, answer it. I've contacted them and we're still waiting for some sort of response um, with regard to them. We'll keep you posted on it and I think even if we don't get it today, then subsequently in other news break broadcasts, we will be um, you know, flouting that interview as it becomes available to us from the Department of Basic Education with regard to their thoughts on it. Public submission sounds very key. Hmm. And I wonder if you know at this stage how public can make submissions about why this uh, inclusion into the syllabus is, is, is integral. Yeah, of course, they will have to have the, the law or constitution requires that any um, uh, legislation that is put through must, uh, must obtain public uh, uh, Airing as well, and yep. that, it hasn't been out yet. So we are keeping our fingers on the pulse and ears close to the ground to see yep. when is the submission going to come. Yep. But in the meantime, we must prepare for the submission to make Stand. sure that we are not left wanting yep. when the time comes for right. submission. Yeah. On that note, then, and I know this is something very close to your heart, and you often speak very passionately about it. So I think I will do it right now and and ask you to to, to help us understand. You know, this history that you're talking about. You know, um, we know where it stems from, but help us understand its why? full context and why it's integral today. All right. Look at what happens is when we talk about the indenture, the public generally think of Indians that came here and cut sugarcane. Yeah. Right, that's the thing. Ketchup came, they came in the Turo, and of course they underwent yes. certain difficulties, and of course most of them stayed, and our present day, the majority of our South Africans, remember we are South African, integral South Africans, full-blooded South Africans, Absolutely. but in, in danger. One of the things that I want to drive home to the listeners is that 
Slavery was abolished in 1833 in the British Empire. India was under control of Britain at the time. The colony of Natal was not South Africa at the time. It was the colony of Natal, and of course, the British were in control. They yeah. driven, they've come the Battle of Kongela. They drove the uh, Dutch out, and they were in control of it. After the abolition of slavery, there was no cheap labor thereafter. Hmm. And the world was in a recession, a major economic recession, which we very few people know. And the colony of Natal was caught up in that recession and was on the brink of bankruptcy. Yeah. It was almost on the verge of ruin. But they discovered that sugar will do well here. Edmund Morewood experimented found that sugar will do well, yeah. and that's going to save the economy. But how are we going to save it without labor? Mm. There was no labor. And then they caught up on the idea that look at the indenture, uh, uh, from indentured labor from India saved or they were serving um, or uh, been uh, exported to Fiji and Mauritius yeah. and other countries, and it was successful. And they felt that they can be also introduced here. Yeah. 1860, everybody knows about it. They came here. The Indian indentured laborer, and everybody must remember, saved colony from financial ruin. Mm -hmm. Right. Saved colony. Actually, I don't know what would have happened if they had not came. And that is the important thing. Yeah. Everybody must figure. Yeah. Must not forget that. They saved colony of Natal from financial ruin. And But later on, when South Africa was integrated and was unified in 1910, colony of Natal was included into the Union of South Africa in 1910. And of course, Laterally, now it's known as KwaZulu Natal. Yeah. Right. But those laborers, many of them after the indenture, they did not go back to India. Many of them elected to stay on here. And they contributed in every facet of their life towards the, uh, towards the development of South Africa and they're continuing to deliver, do it today as at present day. And I think that is a reason that we need to you know, drum into the thought yeah. and say yeah. we need this to be taught everywhere so they can recognize it. And then the the, the uh, South African Indians are not marginalized in the uh, you know, greater South African context. Wonderful to hear that story being told with so much vigor there. Mm -hmm. So there you go. This is why the story is so important and why um, one should go about trying to, um, you know, keep it, keep it present. And I think, uh, I think uh, Mr. Gerard there. And um, Teresh, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. One of the things we remember that, you know, all I'm involved in it, we don't know everything. Every day we are learning yeah. something yeah. new, something new we're learning about it. And we've got to keep on developing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that, that is one of my, uh, you know, my questions on the agenda here to talk about how do you actually then uh, research and put put together a curriculum? How do you substantiate it? How do you show that it is accurate? Which aspect of it is is accurate, inaccurate? So all of these things come into play. But um, I think you can call us now, 089-310-8789. You can also WhatsApp us. That number is 071-613-7803. Let us know your thoughts on this important story being um, now integrated or potentially integrated into the curriculum of the uh, South African schooling system. Why is it important for young people to learn it? And also, I think I, I really want to know your thoughts on um, not just Indian origin, South Africans learning about the story. What about other uh, South Africans understanding and, and, and really uh, finding out the origins of the um, Indian origin people in South Africa. It's Newsbreak Talk. I'm Taresh. Give us a call 089-310-8789. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Okay, let's get the conversation started now. To Selvin we go. Hello, Selvin. Hi, good afternoon to you, Taresh, uh, and also to Mr. Jairaj, Anand Jairaj. And uh, I've been listening to you, two people, and, well, yeah. I'm going to start off by saying the highest number of Indians, the Indian guys outside of India, happens to be in South Africa. So we must be very grateful to people like Anand, 
for doing what he did and you for creating awareness. But I'd like to just raise a little point. The Indian Embassy in South Africa needs to come to the party and help people like Anand. You know, the Indian Embassy must be proud of the Indians' achievements down here in South Africa. Then last night I was listening to a scientist who spoke about medieval history. Indian culture is so, you spoke about reciprocating our ideas. That's fantastic. The Indians can now have a chance to tell the rest of South Africa about their history, the culture, the language, and the ingenuity and all of that. And I'm very proud. So I just want to thank very quickly, like I've done. Thank you for the awareness. And Jairad, you need any assistance out in the field? We're there to help you. Keep up the good work, Taresh. Thanks very much, Selvin. Appreciate your call. So there you go, Mr. Jairaj. I think what's very interesting that's coming through immediately is that South Africans want to get involved. And that's quite uh, encouraging to, to see for, for cause like this. Let's go to WhatsApp now. Rajan Rajkumar from Cape Town. We welcome the move to include Indian history in our curriculum. Until now, Indian history is absent in our curriculum, albeit the curriculum being flexible. Teachers must not become slaves to the CAPS curriculum. The onus is on our teachers and parents to educate our children on our rich Indian history. As leaders, teachers must include Indian history in their planning and teaching. This must be done not only by history teachers, but by all teachers. And that's from Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town. Appreciate your sentiment there. I've got a voice note here. Um, trying to get through to it. Uh, let's find out who we're talking to. Newsbreak, welcome to the program. Mr. J. Raj, I want to give you that's off. I say salute yourself for what you are doing. Uh, my grandfather was also working in the sugar plantations in Sakra and Sugar Estate in Mondishkum area when they came in 1860. Uh, Mr. Yelapa Apal Naidu from Anakapeli Kasimkota in Vishakapatnam, Andhra Pradesh, India, and he worked his butt off. So I want to salute you for what you are doing, and if you need my help, you can always count on me to help you, sir. This is Ian Naidu from Ankumas. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Ian, for that uh, voice note that you sent us. I think what's coming through very strongly at this point is that South Africans... Um, are keen to assist in the process. I think it's going to really help in the public submission aspect of this process. Uh, next text we got now, and it says, Good afternoon. I think it's a must. It is so important to include this subject in the curriculum. We always speak to our kids about our heritage. They just listen but don't grasp it. This is so vital because now it will be instilled in them as a subject in school. So, yes, thank you. Thanks to our ministers. Well done and go on to place. Thanks so much. Vasanta is actually the person who sent us that text. A great deal of support coming through today. Yeah, so we are talking about this process now started, and I just got some um, uh, word from the Department of Basic Education. They sent me a text saying that they actually, Mr. J. Raj, and this is quite interesting, the Department of Basic Education is um, not necessarily you know, fully involved or not commenting on the issue um, because this is the work of the appointed task team as chaired by Professor Sifiso Ndlovu. And this task team is independent of the, de the Department of Basic Education. And I think that's a, I mean, I wonder your thoughts on that. Is it a, is it a good thing that it's an independent body? It means that it's got no interference by any organization. So we are going to be sp trying to speak to Professor Sifiso Ndlovu at a point and get you some, um, you know, thoughts on that. But uh, let's go back to the phone lines before we take the conversation forward. Mrs. Maharaj from Phoenix. Hello, Mrs. Maharaj. 
Paresh and Namaste to Mr. Jiram. Yes, I must congratulate you on such a fantastic program. Yes, uh, the indigenous uh, Indians need to be put on history, and um, and I think the uh, uh, Indian consulate has also got to work hard with Mr. Jiram, yep. and 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 uh, I think it's a fantastic, beautiful idea. And thanks to you and your panel and Lotus FM to allow such a program. And right now, you know. Everything is really uh, not very nice for us Indians, and I would say that it's a fantastic idea. And I would like to say that I come from a religious background, and we have already started the uh, the Indigenous Indians education at our center in Phoenix. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. I also Hodge. have a, a fantastic banner made with the Indigenous Indians and the sugarcane plantations, and I've also presented some, uh, you know, to, to some of our sponsored with the same sugarcane. And yet again, I hail from the sugarcane plantations of Chakaskrol, and I feel proud about that with my family working there as endangered Indians. Wonderful, Mr. Maharaj. Thanks so much for informing us about all of that. Really appreciate your call today. I uh, got a message from Vasi David. Uh, we welcome the change in our schools. It would be awesome if there's, uh, there's still a worry about the crime which needs urgent attention. Vasi David in Johannesburg. Um, yeah, awesome. We're going to keep that on the agenda as well. So there you go. These are the sentiments coming through. Uh, we're going to go to Mr. Jadar to talk a bit more about it, his thoughts and his reaction to the fact that many South Africans want to become a part of the process now. But we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we shift focus just a little bit to talk to you about literacy and how this all ties in to the, um, you know, introduction of 1860 heritage into the curriculum. Stay tuned. It's Newsbreak Talk with me, Tarish. Okay, it's half past one now on Newsbreak Talk with me, Tarish, and we are shifting focus a slight. We're going to come back and, and maintain most of our focus on the 1860, uh, potentially, uh, the, the 1860 heritage potentially being introduced into school curriculum in a short while, but it ties in all just, you know, just beautifully ties in with the statement by President Cyril Ramaphosa at the State of the Nation address on Thursday, where the plan is government wants to ensure that within the next decade, every 10 year old will be able to read for me. Meaning. And uh, it's, it's, it's a very important, um, you know, aspect of South Africa's development because I think it he's talking about it from a root cause of employment. If you have more South Africans, specifically young South Africans who are able to read and grasp literacy, they're going to become more employable and they're going to be really taking the economy into a more professional um, footing as, as to what South Africa wants to do as per the development goals. So to talk about it and give us a bit more indication as to how significant this is, let's say hello to Mr. Ahmed Mutala. He's the CEO of New Africa Education Foundation. Ahmed, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much, uh, Teresh, for having me on your show and uh, good afternoon to all your listeners. Yes, and I think, you know, we've spoken about it before, Ahmed, the importance of, of literacy. And I think we've, you know, I mean, it, it can never be overemphasized, but I think we've dealt with it. But now when you've got government talking about a push to have uh, over the next decade all 10-year-olds in South Africa to be able to read for meaning, um, I want to first ask you, where's the problem then? I, is that then suggesting that most 10-year-olds or a lot of or a significant amount of 10-year-olds don't read for meaning, actually are unable to read? Exactly, Karesh. There have been numerous studies that were done recently and um, most of the studies found that uh, kids that were in grade 4 could not read for meaning. So what that actually means is that the chances of that child actually passing the trick or getting into university 
are very, very slim. So, you know, the focus has been, you know, mostly on improving the, the metric pass rate. But, you know, the people weren't really focusing on the root cause. And the root cause actually is at the foundation phase. So if you lay a good enough foundation, if kids uh, are able to, to understand, uh, read for meaning and, and count accurately, then the chances of them progressing and passing the trick, you know, actually improve significantly. Yeah. And that's what most of the studies have, have shown. Mm. And, you know, uh, the New Africa Education Foundation, our NPO, has been working on literacy projects in trying to improve literacy, especially yeah. in the foundation phase. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, I think that's... Would Ahmed, that's quite uh, shocking there, the studies you cite, and I think the state of where literacy is, uh, specifically for South Africa, with that great push to professionalize the economy and to professionalize the sector of development within within South Africa. But Ahmed, I know a lot of work being done there by you and your organization in terms of spreading this message of literacy across. Um, I want to ask you, though, how do you, and I'm going to use this word and correct me if I'm wrong, how do you compel a young person to read? You know, how do you force them to read? Because what we've also learned from experts is that young people today don't really want to take a book and read. Um, so how do you get it done? Well, exactly. That, you know, with the advent of uh, smartphones, tablets, uh, kids absolutely, you know, don't really want to uh, pick up a book nowadays. So I think also uh, getting a, a grounding, um, and that actually starts in school. Uh, I'm not saying it entirely rests uh, with the schools itself. We as parents uh, need to take an active role um, and read to our kids as well. There have been other studies that also show that South African parents are one of the you know, fewest in the world that, that actually read to, to, to kids as well. So it also starts at home. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is, uh, Teresh, uh, most of our public schools, I'm talking about previously disadvantaged schools, do not have access to books or even libraries. So we we try and, and, and get books into kids' hands. And you know for a fact that once the reading bug bites, then you can't put a book down. But mm. we need to put books into kids' hands so they can see firsthand yeah. uh, what we can do for them. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the plan then. I know the National Reading Coalition is really taking the initiative forward and they want to really um, roll out massive um, reading campaigns nationally. I know you work very closely with them and, of course, uh, a strong relationship there with the Department of Basic Education. How do you think this can be achieved then, President Cyril Ramaphosa's goal to have, um, over the next decade, every 10-year-old being able to read for meaning? Yeah, you know, we were quite excited when we, when we heard the State of the Nation address on, on, on Thursday night, and President uh, Ramaphosa has introduced, um, you know, the, this initiative in terms of, um, you know, making books more accessible. Not only that, uh, there's also going to be training pro provided for the educators itself. So, uh, you know, just in terms, of, you know, your very important question, you said, how do we make it exciting for kids to read or how do we put books into their hands? You know, uh, storytelling is one way of, of doing it, uh, you know, getting kids involved in stories so then they themselves uh, pick up the book and try and see what the story is about. Um, and also making books more easily accessible. 
Uh, you know, in 2015, Minister Mocheka started the Read to Lead campaign. Um, and that was also something very similar to, to what uh, President Ramaphosa said in his State of the Nation address. But this one's going to be a lot more broader. Uh, you know, but the private sector is also going to be involved in terms of uh, corporate uh, companies uh, getting involved in putting libraries into schools itself. And that, that's where we come in. We work quite closely with Novus Holdings. Uh, and we started this project about three years ago where we ro- started rolling out libraries to school, previously disadvantaged schools nationally. So, you know, with this, with this uh, push from government uh, and, uh, you know, NPOs like ourselves, uh, we see, uh, there's, we see, we, we're actually hoping to see a lot quicker results. Yeah, in the in the in the, in yeah. the near future. Yeah. I think two yeah. qu- two questions then before you leave us, Ahmed. I want to talk about um, the difference here. I mean, now we're talking about reading for meaning, and I know there was a major push at various literacy weeks and library weeks, reading for enjoyment. You know, what is the difference, and ultimately, how does either serve um, serve the learner or serve the child? Well, well, Teresh, you know, we've got to look at you know from grade R to grade three. Um, children are all are, are taught at that age, uh, so they learn to read. Okay, then from grade four, they read to learn. So they learn to read at the foundation phase, and then they read to learn from from grade four upwards. Um, and the biggest problem we have is that the previously disadvantaged schools, uh, the kids don't have a good enough grounding of English at that early stage. So from grade four onwards, 95% of schools have English as the medium of teaching. So automatically, if you haven't got a good good enough grasp of English, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. And Teresh, yeah. that would affect that would affect all the other subjects because you know in science you have word problems, in mathematics you've got word problems. Mm. So you know we we would think that the learner is very poor in maths and science, but if you do not understand English, you're not going to understand the problem. Yeah. What is expected of you in that problem? Absolutely. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> Ahmed, as you leave us, then and I think the major focus of our conversation today is that the 1860 indentured labor Foundation has managed to successfully um, get a response from the Department of Basic Education about the process now to incorporate 1860 Indian Indian indentured labor um, history into the syllabus. Your thoughts on why this is a fascinating story for all South Africans, young South Africans, to learn and understand? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if if you're aware, Therese, that last year Minister Angie Motshaker put a task team together to look at history, to look at the history of South Africa and see how um, the history that is taught at our schools can be more representative in terms of our actual history and not in terms of what probably you and I were taught when we were in school, you know, in yeah. terms of the colonial aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there has been a task team put together, and I think they have already come back to Minister Mocheka with results. Um, and I'm not sure what's happened subsequent to that, but uh, it would be great to, to incorporate, you know, our rich 1860, you know, Indian settlers' history in terms of, of uh, you know, because there's, there's not much that, that, you know, our kids know about the 1860 settlers as well. So I think that that would be brilliant. 
Um, and I think the trick from the, from the education department is to make it as representative as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Well, Ahmed Mutala, the CEO of New Africa Education Foundation, thanks for your time and look forward to chatting to you soon. Absolutely. Karish, thank you so much for having me on your show once again. So there you go. Literacy being the major focus here today. And yes, we've got Mr. Anand Jairaj in studio. He's from the 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation of Verulam. And um, yes, Mr. Jairaj, I think what's coming through very closely is how this history is going to shape the minds of South Africans. And I want to put something forward to you. And I know it was quite a bone of contention for you last time we spoke. Um, constant rhetoric, specifically by significant influential people in society, constantly making the rhetoric statement that there's no place for Indian origin South Africans in South Africa. Um, where's their place? Often that line used, that colloquial line used, go back home. And your thoughts on how needed it is, how crucial it is to have that history that you gave us a brief lesson in the beginning of the show um, in syllabus. So that's everybody can understand where a second the people you're talking about, the 1860 indentured laborers, have earned their place here. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, look here, uh, thanks to Ahmad, eh, because he has come in at a very appropriate time, I think, in this, fun- in this conversation here, yeah. and he has set a bedrock. For the purposes of our discussion here today, I just like to clarify a few things. I like to simplify things. Yes. Simplify things. What uh, Ahmad has done now, he set the bedrock. What we need is people to be literary, uh, to be a literary, uh, or uh, what they say is the, um, uh, the, the word for it, they need to, the literary skills they need. Yes, yes, yes. That's very important because learning about history or geography or anything else, or even indenture, is useless if you don't have the literary skill. And that's important bedrock which is brought in over there. Right. We can't talk about the indentured laborers or history without that aspect. So that is a very important thing that means be brought in. And on that rests everything else that we need to do about education yeah. and to concern uh, of concern today is the question of the place of history now in our education and and on top of that, right, uh, history will be more important than the indenture itself because the indenture aspect which we are lobbying for is a component part of overall history. Mm. It must be an integral part. There's a lot of uh, uh, you know overall uh, aspects for history and this is one part that we are trying to lobby to get in this. So yeah. let's get that. Bedrock of basic education. History then our indenture comes in. If you got that in your mind, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. What has happened also, um, uh, uh, Ahmed also uh, uh, spoke about the task team. In, let me also educate the, or inform the uh, listeners if they do not know about it. Basically, and here I like to simplify as well. In 2015, a task team was set up yeah. by the department and they actually did some research about introducing history and making it compulsory in school. Their recommendation was that history should be introduced. That yeah. was a major break. And be far more representative. Yes, right. And of course, the history, there are challenges and I can talk about the career opportunities just now if you ask me, but mm. there are challenges yeah. about it. Skewed history, you have to, uh, you know, revisit history and, you know, correct, uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, information that are incorrect and things like that. So that's one aspect. Yeah. Right. But let's talk about it in the contemporary issue there, Mr. Right. Jairaj. I mean, l- l- like we've been saying, often the criticism against the Indian origin people, yeah. do they belong here? Mm. Uh, go back home home, um, you're not really benefiting from, you're not really adding to the economy of, of the country. How important is it I'm coming to, to, that. to set I'm the record straight with because regards to I that? I spoke about the three aspects of basic education, history, and our indenture. Yeah. That is why it's important for those people who target the Indian as a group, they need to learn about our history. 
And if they learn about our history, and our own people need to learn about their own history as well. When I talk about our people, the South African and Indian descent, then only we'll be able to stand and say, okay, that is why it's got to be introduced over there because we are an integral part this is the role that uh, the this particular group has played in in, yes. in in every aspect of south african life the south africans of indian descent has played major role right and the problem is ignorance is a thing that's causing the problem Absolutely. and we need to now educate not necessarily the 10 years old we need to educate those people in yeah, parliament yeah, as well it needs to go everywhere Mr. Jiraj, I want to talk to you then about the actual, you know, like say everything goes according to plan and I know that's the process and we are still going to talk about it in terms of community involvement with that. But say it all goes to plan now and this history is, it's, it's confirmed, it's stamped. It can be now taught. We are on the threshold right? the moment only. Can be taught at schools. What do you put in the syllabus and how do you verify it? Because I'm sure it's going to raise some ethical questions. Where did you get this history from? Who wrote this history? There's so many academic authors. You had them in your conference the last time when we spoke about their works. Mm. You know, how do you sift through? How do you put together a syllabus and then mm. say, listen, this is what you can learn from? Well, we can't do that. What we can highlight is, like you said, you asked us the question, why should we do it? We are lobbying for the recognition. Yeah. Now, once that is done and dusted, we know that history is going to be phased in. That's an important and very critical, uh, uh, you know, uh, step we have taken now. The next thing is now, to, like I said, we have to keep our ears to the ground and make sure when the time comes that we lobby. But the with the challenges about getting, you know, uh, the, there will be budgetary constraint. You need teachers as well. You need the syllabus to be uh, thrashed out. That that's what the government needs to do. Yeah. They will set up the experts to do that. Yeah, and. Uh, Right, and that is what will be done by them. But as long as what we have done is we've lit the fuse. We've lit the fuse now. And you want that fuse now to continue, and the rest must explode into reality. Wonderful. Well, it's 089 I'm going to go to WhatsApp as well just now. We are talking about the introduction of potentially the 1860 uh, indentured Indian story to be phased in into the history syllabus as Mr. Anand Jairaj says on the threshold a very strong word there I'd love to know your thoughts how important this is um, how do you want this to you know become a reality and when I come back I'm going to go to WhatsApp some interesting questions and some interesting comments there so at nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. So you can call us now before we wrap up our conversation so at nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. Scully is joining us on the line hello Scully uh, good morning to you, Suresh. Uh, good topic, man. You know, Thank you. This, this topic touches my heart. Yeah. Uh, it, that was long awaited, uh, the insertion of our arrival here. Mm. Uh, and uh, thank you. Uh, hats off for, for Anand, your guest there, and uh, the guest uh, you left us now, uh, Ahmed. Ahmed Motala. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he told you everything, man. You know, uh, all what I wanted to say. Uh, thank you for that. Learn to read, read to learn. Problem solving, we, we started our problem solving with the maths by, uh, you know, uh, reading. And then the problem is solved. You, you know, you, you, you understand to read first, and then it's there. Good Wonderful. topic, Terrence. Thank Thanks you so for much, that. Scott. I appreciate your thoughts. Bye. Interesting, interesting points coming through to WhatsApp. We go now, and this is from Mrs. Nirmala Devi Mudli. 
Good afternoon to you and your guest, Anand. With all atrocities endured by our 1860 indentured laborers, preserved and contributed to the economy and education and all other facets, it's most welcoming our history is now acknowledged into being introduced into our curriculum. Thank you, Anand, and the team that initiated this project. A great gift to the forefathers. That's, that's a very sweet point there. Um, and good luck and God bless on this project. This is an awesome venture, and that's from Mrs. Anirmada Devi Mudli. Uh, great encouragement on the initiative there. And shifting focus almost, Virian Rajdhir from Harinagar in Shalcross. Thanks, Virian, for that. I was teased about it earlier, about the fact that I didn't know Shalcross. Um, yeah, so he's talking about this plan there by President Salamaposa to have within the next decade every 10-year-old to read uh, for meaning. And he says the plan by the president is all hot air. Lots of promises have turned out to be a pie in the sky. The rot in our teaching and learning environment started about 20 odd years ago when the outcomes-based education was implemented. Visit our township libraries and the youth patronage for borrowing books, etc. Et um, will prophesize the bleak outcome of the dream of our president. Thank you. And this is from Virin Rajdeo. Uh, so he's not convinced about this goal there to get so that young uh, young South Africans reading for um, for meaning. And then you've got Roshan from Amzinto. Interesting subject matter. For those of us privileged to read and write, literacy has been indispensable for the progress of a people. The other side of the coin, illiteracy, has no place in society. But there's a third side, to be illiterate. This is where you can read and write, yet are indifferent toward reading. The consequence of it is a lack of knowledge. People perish due to a lack of knowledge and history will judge us harshly, especially in this era of technology where information is so easily accessible. So read up and you'll never look back. Roshan beautifully, beautifully mentioned there. Thank you so much for putting that um, that thought into perspective there. Vasi David uh, tells us, hi, the... Uh, okay, I can't play the video, but we need to bring um, parent duty and our children in the library were a great help. They add a, a reading tree where the children's name is on the tree, which excites the children and encourages them some more. I think interesting ways of reading and using libraries there by Vasi David coming through. So yeah, interesting questions and thoughts coming through. Let's go to um, another caller here. I think it's Pakisha on the line. Hello there. Who are we speaking with? It, it, actually, it, it's Patricia from Peter Maritz. Yes, Paris. Patricia. Thanks there. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thanks. How are you? Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. And thanks. Uh, I just wanted to say hi to everyone listening in and also to the gentleman in your studio as well. Great topic. Mm. Um, Karesh, I think, you know what? It's a good idea. I shouldn't, I think it's long overdue. What our forefathers went and, you know, and most of them lost their lives uh, in coming to South Africa as well and paving the way with their life, blood, sweat, and tears, so that we can, you know, um, live now uh, in comfort. They should be actually learned throughout, not only the South Africans should be taught at school, um, brought into history, and every child should learn, and, and all the uh, South Africans as well, and the whole world at large, because you know what? It wasn't easy for them. It was really blood, sweat, and tears, and losing their lives. And they sh it should definitely be brought uh, into uh, the schools, curriculum, and taught um, in history. Uh, thus, every child learning about it, and it shouldn't be swept um, under the carpet yeah. and forgotten. It should be brought to light mm. because it's well worth their struggle 
and being, you know, recognized the world over, I Th- think. Thanks so much, Patricia. We appreciate your call. So there we go, Mr. Jairaj. I think very, very important, very significant uh, is is the sentiment coming through. I think your job well done there for the organization. And I think what's coming through very strongly, and I left this for the end here, we did speak about the process of public submissions, and you mentioned how important that's going to be in the process. Well, it's coming through very, very strongly. And if you look at this just microcosm, uh, a cross-section here of, of, of um, the group of, of South Africans who are likely to give submissions, they in great support of it. That's it. Uh, what what I'd like to also just caution a word of caution. Mm. It's all not done and dusted. Yeah, there'll be challenges. To Absolutely. Back. Like I mentioned earlier, you said it's strong. Term, we are on the threshold. It's only the few that have looked, but a lot of work still has to be done. We have to convince the authorities to include it there. And once it is included, the other issue about how it's going to be implemented, what's going to be happen, you know, what's going to be included in the silver, that the authorities will. But we have to sell the idea to them, and we need the support of the community to convince the authorities that this is an important aspect that has to be included into the history syllabus which yeah. is already going to be phased in so yeah. therefore listeners i just appeal to you all to you know keep uh, in touch yeah. we'll try to keep in touch with you all as I well i want to ask about and, that and the other aspect of um, uh, you know there was the uh, speaker not the speaker before the last one you know i think you need actually a special program to talk about literacy skill. Yeah. That's a yeah. very important thing. No, very, most yeah. definitely. Yeah, the literacy skill. But let's talk yeah. about uh, at this stage now. Mm. Uh, just a quick text here we got from Sindha Mudli in Silver Glen. I'm a retired teacher. Mm. I noticed the phonics taught at school is too basic. We used to test the phonics taught. Uh, yeah, there we go. I think you're right, yeah, Mr. We, Jairaj. We, we, we need, need to, to have about, a complete yeah. uh, discussion on literacy. But I want to talk to you about this, uh, Mr. Jairaj. And the process has begun, as you say. Mm. What at the outset, because I know you can have a lot more formal meetings now to formalize it, mm. but what are the top of your head some of the lobbying activity that's going to take place now to get the ball rolling, to get the uh, review committee to take to be serious about this introduction? Yeah. We're gonna, actually, we're going to interact with all the other organizations that is uh, the other organizations that are interested in this thing and when i try to set up some kind of a committee that will now steam uh, or, or you know sort of spearhead this movement for we need to keep our ears to the ground our pulse our fingers on the pulse to make sure when is the public submission going to come in then we're going to start preparing some kind of a documentation to to sell that idea to the department. So there's a lot of work to be done. So those are the things that we need to do, to be alert, to be vigilant and make sure that when the opportunity come, time comes, that we must be there to take advantage of it and not be kept uh, caught napping. Right. Um, and I think uh, an interesting comment came through. I think it was from Mrs. Nirmala Devi Mudli when she said, um, forefathers are going to be proud of you. I mean, that must make, I think, the entire 1860 movement very proud to know that, you know, you're doing something that's going to stand the test of time. That's right. That's right. We need to yeah. do that. We need to do that. Yeah. Even if it takes a while, it eventually must transpire. And of course, if uh, Cyril, if the president, is true to his word, this is one of the things that must be recognized. We want to be inclusive in the history of South Africa. Yeah. It must. It must. Yeah. I think on that point, the inclusi- inclusivity, uh, inclusivity mm. um, you know, you get a sense and you get an understanding that... Um, Indian origin learners mm. kind of have an understanding of the story. Like you said, you know, there's so much more that we could learn of it. But you get the sense that they understand the story, where they came from, what it's about, what forefathers mm. are like, you know. Um, let's look at learners who are not of Indian origin mm. and who may not have the same passion, the, the, the same kind of, you know, understanding of it. Mm. How important is this going to be and how is it going to be for nation building? Look here, remember something, we are looking at it from the indentured side because we are lobbying for it. But remember that the, uh, the 
greatest scene is that when you talk about history, it's a history of the whole of South Africa. So when you're talking about how the colony of um, uh, Cape Town came into being, the history of the um, the uh, San group. The Koi the Koi Koi that with the indigenous to South Africa needs to be of course addressed as well. The history of the Zulu nation has to be also thought. The great trick has to be thought. What has happened? Why South Africa was neglected? You know, uh, uh, before the Great Trek, and why suddenly South Africa? If gold wasn't discovered in South Africa, I don't know what our condition would have been. We need to know, and our people generally need to know our histories to know where we are going ahead in the f- in, in future. And other sectors of our community need to know every other sector's history as well. It's not exclusive to us. We need to understand the overall history of South Africa, and the rest of Africa need to understand our role in the history of South Africa as the descendants of um, the Indian indenture. So every aspect of history is important, is integrated. Wonderful. Well, we thank you so much for making the time, Mr. Anand Jairaj. He's from the 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation in Verlum. And we look forward to, well, as you said, I think it's a nice little tagline you've left us with here. Keep your pulse on the ground, keep your ear on the ground. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to be monitoring quite greatly to see where the next step is. So thank you very much for your for thank time. Thank you very much for affording us this opportunity. And I think it's only the beginning of the debate and yeah. the discussion. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks so thank much you. for that. Thanks well, we'll leave it there now and we bring the broadcast to and now it came your way courtesy of the team executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi and Tashlin Naidu. Tomorrow morning between 6 and 7 you get another edition of Newsbreak and that's where you can hear more cutting edge current affairs. From me, Tadeh Shea. Have an awesome day.